a Shishkin Productions podcast. Hey, what's up, Sizzlers? Welcome to another episode of the Sizzle Reel Podcast. We're still here. We're still here. We're still doing it. Um, and uh, yeah, you guys may have, uh, you know, you may have heard last week that we have a contest winner. The contest winner finally was decided, and he decided to call in. He called in probably three hours after the episode posted and left us a very nice voicemail. We're going to get to it in a little bit. But before we do that, Chris, let's just right up top, let everyone know where they can find us and if where they can leave their own messages. Well, look, we, we did get a whole lot of messages in this past week, and that number is 332-333-4361. That is the Sizzle Reel cold line, and yeah. it is, it's is—it's waiting for you. If enough of you leave messages, we can actually have a segment at the top that is going to be a regular segment where we can just play a message of yours or something, and that'll help us, you know, generate content. Yeah, that would really be great. We're trying to farm our content out. Content you know, we're, we're outsourcing it uh, uh, to you, to you directly. To you. We pass the content on to you, <laughs> <laughs> to you, the listener. Look, uh, you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Sizzle Gang. We have a Gmail, Sizzle Gang at gmail.com. And we're on TikTok, Shishkin Productions. Mm-hmm. All right. So here's uh, one of those contents that came in. Hey, it's your boy, Joe Nana. And uh, I just want to say one thing. Uh, you can put these uh, nuts on probation, all right? <laughs> okay. Wow. Wow, that was it. Joe well, Nana, I don't know what that was in response to. I don't even remember anymore. I don't remember what we said either, but Joe wanted us to put these nuts on probation. I think we might have... Did we put him on probation I, from the I, show? I, I believe we said that Joe's not allowed to listen to the show anymore because he he made false promises about calling in and doing characters and oh, he never did them. True. I bet you his nuts are listening to this right now. Probably. He was like out here like, yeah, dude, I'm gonna call in and do a bunch of characters. Oh my god, it's gonna be so fun. Forty three episodes, zero characters from Joe Nana. <laughs> we literally have made no progress on that. You know what? Because he doesn't have the fucking balls to call in and do a character. Wow. That's what I think. Yeah, because because we have his balls. That's right. And That's they're on <laughs> he called back like two minutes later and left this. Hey, what's up? It's your boy Joe Nana again. Uh, sort of wanted to apologize for that uh, previous right. message. Uh, so in return, uh, I just want to run by an impression I've been working on. Uh, this is my impression uh, of Mario as Yoshi. Mario! <laughs> and then, and vice versa. Here's my impression of Yoshi as Mario. Hey, I'm a fucking dinosaur. It's also a fucking plumber. Jesus. Forget about it. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> All right, so... He, the first one was really good. The first one was great. The second one leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, at least he called in and tried to do the characters, I guess. Well, I, look, we can't be asking him to do this and then hating on his characters. You, yeah, you we gotta, can. You, <laughs> <laughs> our show (laughs) (laughs) i will say though that's true we we were so nice to the listeners for such to the sizzlers for such a long time just asking nicely please call in last week maybe the week before we started shitting all over the sizzlers (laughs) true (laughs) we're so we because you guys haven't been helping us out and all of a sudden you're helping us out because we negged you as soon as we started shitting on the sizzlers they started calling in dude it was it was wild they were 
they were just uh, gravitating to this negativity, which is kind of the reason the world is where it is, isn't it, Chris? Yeah. That's why the world's fucked up. Yeah. People people are just angry and they, they respond to, to anger and criticism. The more angry people are, the more carbon is released into the atmosphere. <laughs> That's where global warming comes from. Everyone's like that, uh, the the Long Island bagel guy. You remember that guy? I do not remember Long Island oh, bagel. Man. Tell me, who's Long Island bagel? Uh, he just got, he gets very angry. I, I think he had a stroke though. About what? Bagels? Yeah, basically. I don't know about that. Um, okay, we promised it. We're going to play it. Um, Evan called in and he said he was excited that he won. But then he, w- he went on to ask a very detailed question. So strap in because this is a minute and a half. <laughs> hey, this is Evan. I am stoked to uh, claim this uh, mini golf and key lime pie uh, winner thing. So Congratulations to it's him. It's mine. I'm coming to New York eventually, I swear. Don't let that uh, expire on me. Let's substitute the uh, key lime for uh, some cheese and pepperoni on the pie, though. No, no, it's got to uh, be key I wanted lime. to clarify the question I sent, and I talked about cutting in the breaks versus cutting in the middle of the phrase, and you guys talked about, like, L and J cuts. I mean more of, like, if someone comes to a stop, is that the appropriate time to cut, or is it should you cut in the middle of the phrase? Meaning, like, if someone's moving through the frame, that seems to me that that's the ideal time to cut before they come to a full stop. I'm going to cut them off right there. I, when he says phrase, I thought he was talking about people talking. And now I'm starting to think he just means like the action. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit confused, too, because when he describes it that way, I think about more uh, like B-roll yeah. cuts, not interview cuts. I think what he's saying is if there's action, do you wait for the action to stop and then cut or do you uh, cut on the action? Uh, we listened to this message earlier. And one other thing you brought up. Was he had said, um, if you know, if there's a panning action, for example, in a camera move, do you wait for it to land and then cut away, or do you cut in the middle of it? And my answer is that it just depends on what the fuck you're trying to do. You know, we have a, we we have a special guest here, and he's nodding along, but he hasn't been introduced yet, so he cannot talk. Yep. So Stay we'll quiet. we'll get his take on this in a little bit. But I don't know, Chris, what do you think? I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, for for me, it. It also depends. As long as the cut is motivated, like it depends what you're trying to do, whether maybe you need to extend that clip out and let it land on on the object and sit there for a second because you're covering a cut. Maybe that's what's going on. Or maybe it's just such a slow pan that you can't be on this shot for 10 seconds. Maybe it kills your pace and then you kind of have to cut halfway through it it's always got to be motivated right motivation that's it that's what i agree because to me the thing is like say it's a sporting event and you're panning along the crowd and then at the end there's someone dressed as the mascot and it lands on them that's awesome because that's what you want but then like if there's no one dressed as the mascot at the end and it's just panning a general crowd shot you can cut during the pan you don't want to end yeah you know evan it's an interesting question but uh i think the answer is there is no answer I remember you know like when I first started shooting news, yeah. I I would always try to shoot in a way like if I'm doing a, a pan, like an establishing shot, mm-hmm. I would do like a slow one where I land and then like a more quick one in case I'm trying to like cut, do a fast cut, you know, back to back with two or three different movements. I was going to say you're going to give your editor options. You are the editor. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. I have a saying where photographer Chris loves editor Chris, editor Chris hates photographer Chris. It's true. I mean, it's a very complicated relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. We're not going to go any further without introducing our guest. He's been sitting here very patiently. We got the one and only Dan Kuba on the pod. Um, Dan, what's up, man? 
Not much. Just chilling, enjoying this conversation. Yeah. Now you're a part of it. How does that feel? I feel honored. Oh, you guys, you guys might hear us call him Koob at some point, or me. Yeah, that's what I call him. It's the Koob. You call me me the Ice Koob, Scuba Koob, Scuba Koob, <laughs> Scuba Koob. Yeah. Um, Koob, what's up, man? Welcome, welcome to the pod. It's your first time on. It is my first time on. You know, I have been a sizzler before. Uh, I have to say, wow. you've listened. I have. Wow. I, I've been sizzling uh, since day one. Okay, on road trips. Wow. Sizzle. Wow. Sizzling the whole time. Such a sizzler that you didn't even call into the fucking contest. <laughs> you know what? I didn't have any service. Okay. I downloaded the oh, podcast I and I was listening to it on a road trip in the mountains. Okay. So, okay. Okay. you know, okay. well, that's cool. I mean, yeah. was it international or where were you? Um, I mean, anywhere, you know, but uh, the most recent one I think was in Washington when I was listening to it last it's tight. on the road. So when you have no other options, you listen to us. Yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. Okay, mm-hmm. perfect. Yep. <laughs> that's, a, that's actually how no, we get most of our <laughs> listeners. It's true. We force them into it. <laughs> hey, why Why would I go and download it, though, for offline listening? That's, that's a good I point. I could download anything. You were, you were preemptive about it. Yeah. It's, it's very appreciated. Very thoughtful. Pre, premeditated listen. What were you in Washington for? You were, what were you doing? Taking photos? Yeah, we were just doing like uh, landscape, adventure, outdoor photography stuff out there. Coob, you're the, the photo god. You're out here taking pictures of every goddamn mountain that exists. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you, you name a mountain, I've taken a picture of it. That's right. <laughs> uh, they, you're, dude, you're out here. You're, you, got, you got the wilderness, man. You're out here. Making wilderness tones in a way, I would say. Yeah, that is facts. Actually, you are not. You are not incorrect. Yeah, I uh, saw that you you were playing around near a volcano lately. Oh Jesus! Yeah, yeah, that was that was really chill. You know. Yeah. What Um, what was that about? (laughs) Chill. You know, it was just like a nice chill day off. Uh, Go chill by the volcano. Yeah. Uh, No, we were in Iceland uh, last month, I think, um, and there was an active volcano there, and uh, still is. Well, yeah, there still is a volcano there, actually. It didn't disappear when we left. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was crazy. Like we got there the last day that it was accessible by foot uh, within a half a mile of where it is. What do you mean the last day it was accessible by foot? So basically there was this like mountain that had a dip and you had to like walk down it and then back up a mountain again. And that dipped area uh, the day after we left got covered in lava like so the lava oh, just wow. just like overflowed that area that you had to walk across why why would you go like why would you go to that first of all that was it awesome. was it blocked off and you weren't allowed to go and you listen went? i'm not going to incriminate myself but i will say there was some sort of line there and, and you there, crossed it and the icelandic police were like listen it's a police line and we were like okay are we allowed to cross and they were like it's a police line. And we were like, all right. And then we just crossed and they didn't say anything. And uh, <laughs> 20 other people crossed. And when we got to the top, there was like 100 people. So we were not the only ones. Okay. You Damn. weren't the only Well, look, I mean, it's a little dangerous for me. I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't I, have gone that close to a volcano. It was probably hot as hell. Too. Yeah, yeah. It's probably not, not very uh, suitable for like a bug like yourself. You know? Yeah, man. Speaking as a swamp bug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me, me and Alexi tried to go to see a volcano about nine or 10 years ago. Arvanal, I believe it yeah. was called, right? In Costa Rica. Exactly. And uh, it was very disappointing because what we, what we didn't know is that if you don't get there in time, then the entire mountain is covered by clouds. So yeah. we, mm. we took a bus like three hours and then walked you know walked along the trail got to the the vista and didn't see anything it yeah. was 
so sad. No, it was not a great time. We yeah. were we, we were in Costa Rica doing like a uh, some sort of little mini doc, little documentary thing. Patreonies, mm. you can hear all about that on a on a special podcast. Yeah. You mm. have to pay five dollars five dollars a month. Shout but out you to the Patreonies. What? Shout out to the Patreonies. Uh, the real ones. patreoncom productions. You can uh, pay five dollars a month, but you you know what you should do? Pay the five dollars one time. Download all the podcasts and fucking cancel your subscription. Oh, don't then tell you them. Can, Damn. Then you can just listen to. You heard them all. it here first. I want. I just, I just need five bucks, baby. I just need five <laughs> bucks. <laughs> no, um, Coob, Iceland, man. Did you? So how it was mad hot probably by the volcano since it was exploding. Mm-hmm. I saw some images. I think you, you guys, you went with uh, Mike Bliss. You guys mm-hmm. flew a drone through it, like like through it. Yeah, so uh, the volcano was half a mile away, which sounds kind of far, but it actually felt like it was literally right in front of us. And every time it erupted, um, which it erupted every 10 minutes, which was crazy. Whoa. Like what? We, you could literally set a timer and the timer would go off and the volcano would erupt. It, it was sounds like it's having contractions. Literally like <laughs> have a little, little volcano baby. So that's a birth, <laughs> yeah, birth another volcano. I mean, it's birthing new parts of the earth. That's a good point. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, that's how islands are formed. Wait. But yeah, it would erupt and it would feel like you're sitting right in front of a campfire. Like it's like, like, that's right, wild. like when you're warming your hands by the campfire, it was yeah. that warm and it was half a mile away. So were the eruptions every... 10 minutes were they like the same sort of uh violence like they were, they were all like there wasn't anything that was a too great of an eruption too small of an eruption because my thing is like how do you know every 10 minutes maybe one of them's going to go crazy and you're going to have to make a run for it you know that's why that's my fear i'd be like i don't think you can outrun vol- uh, volcanoes. <laughs> and that's why you don't cross the police yeah. line i mean listen yeah that's that's true but there uh we did notice there was like this scientific outpost thing like on a mountain nearby like with like all these crazy like weather instruments and stuff so i'm sure they were monitoring it um but i guess it's like kind of hard to tell if it's actually gonna just like wreck if it's you. gonna blow yeah i mean for the for the most part it's pretty consistent like wasn't really you know anything to variation between That's, you know between them but is that the craziest thing you've ever seen on your travels I know you're, yes. you're pretty well traveled. You're pretty well traveled. I would say it's definitely in the top f- two or three things I've ever seen. That's yeah. fucking nuts, man. What's um where where else have you been? You've done a lot of European traveling, a lot of American, North American traveling. Um, have you been to like Asia or anything before? No, I have not. Um, I think it would be super cool to go, and um, it's like a really great spot to go if you're new to international travel i feel like um because of how budget friendly it is there yeah um but yeah i haven't made it out there i mean the only problem is just the flight but other than that it's yeah, like getting there is a pain in the ass yeah but Especially other than that you can the east coast yeah you can live like a king out there and it's like less than like rent for like a your tiny little square apartment room here so <laughs> it is a bit of a culture shock going over there i was in china for like three weeks uh, a long time ago and um I it was just wild because like no one speaks English like or at least where I was, you know, sometimes a couple people would have a little bit of broken English, mm-hmm. but mostly no one speaks English. Mm-hmm. So you're just like pointing to things. Yeah. and it's it's crazy. Yeah, I guess that's true. Maybe that's not the best thing for the for a new traveler. But yeah, it's not like Europe or like there's probably places, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I know a lot of Australians go to Bangkok or like anywhere in Thailand. Mm-hmm. So maybe if you go to like metropolitan parts of Thailand yeah. or vacationy parts, you'll you know, have a good time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Chris, you never, you never been to Asia, have you? No, I, I've never been outside of North America. Technically. I think I've been to Central America. I've been to Canada. I've been to the Bahamas. That's about it. 
Dude, Chris is focusing on American travel. I, I have been a lot of places in America. I've been to all four corners and, and some places, <laughs> some places in the middle. Like <laughs> all four, that dude, that should be your slogan. All four corners and some places in the middle. <laughs> Chris, you're about to go to Italy. You were saying Italy? Oh, oh yeah, no yeah, maybe. This is a uh, this is very tentative because it would be a, a big old chunk of change. But there's there's a like a a cruise. That goes. Ooh. It's like a ten-day cruise that goes through like Italy and Greece and Monaco and like just all throughout the Mediterranean. I'm strongly considering. It's weird because like that seems like a a strange way to travel. Like growing up, that was never my idea of how I want to travel. I you know I, I don't want to be like the super American tourist. You know, yeah. rolling in on the giant cruise ship. But also the opportunities there, and why yeah. not take it. I think it's cool. I mean, I, I, I agree, though, with you, like with the same sort of sentiment about like being the American tourist. But like, I don't know. It'd be so cool to just be like out on the ocean for like a week dude, and I, just like ocean. It's the sea. It's it, it, it is the sea. Oh, okay. That's true. That's okay. True. Yeah, you're right. Still be cool. Still be cool. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it'd be cool still, even what, though it's just what, the sea. Um, have you been on a cruise? <laughs> I have not been on a cruise. No. I've never been on a cruise either. Yeah. I don't I, I don't know, man. I hear things about cruises. I went on one cruise yeah. when I was 10. It was a Disney cruise. We went to the Palmas. I like the Inside. idea of a cruise. I think the idea of it is cool, like picturing what it'd be like, but. I have heard some weird stuff about cruises too. Like, yeah. I mean, what, what, what if it's one of those situations like that, that cruise ship that was out right mm. when COVID hit? That's what I'm saying. I don't want that. No way, bro. I mean, COVID could hit again. I'm stuck in the Mediterranean Sea. Well, for, yeah. Actually, that sounds kind of nice. If, yeah. I, if I'm going to be stuck anywhere in Mediterranean Sea. Yeah, yeah but no. then if you're in a, if you're in a cruise ship full of people that are, have COVID, like yeah. Eh. Well, plus, like, eh. don't some of them get uh get like they break down and stuff. I don't know. I don't know much about cruises, man. Some like, of them hit get like a, a drunk captain will just crash it. That oh, remember that, that, that one? Yeah, they remember that? beached that it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 just like completely capsized it. Yeah. What yeah. for real? Yeah, it was That's like a wild. massive boat. Like you could see it off the coast of. Uh, yeah, there was a, there was another was. cruise ship that uh got logged in a in a canal and it stopped world trade for like. A week. It was cruising car- cargo. Cargo was just cruising around. <laughs> yep. Um, All the cargo was on vacation. <laughs> yo, look, this. Uh, what, Chris? Let's let's get this back on track. What have you been doing this <laughs> week? We haven't track. talked about editing or anything at all yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're talking about travel. We're talking about yeah. You know what? Coop's been up. Well, to. speaking of travel, you might be traveling. Oh, that's true. So I, I might be going to San Francisco for a small little a, a day long gig. Yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It, it's very up in the air. Literally, it's up in the air because it might be for an airline. It might be, but we don't know. We can't. They can't divulge that information to us, uh, so we can't divulge it to you. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Sorry, Sizzlers. We don't know what Damn. it's about, and it might not even exist. You guys don't even trust the Sizzlers. Uh, it's not that I don't trust the Sizzlers. It's that I don't trust myself. Speak and for I, yourself. I wouldn't mm. trust the Sizzler with a ten foot pole. I um no, but uh. <clears throat> You know, that's uh, that would be a pretty crazy one because you would be just getting out of Vegas and you'd be flying straight from Vegas to SF doing a thing and then flying to back to New York. Yeah, know? I would probably have to take that jet, Tuesday off. Jet setting, dude. Jet setting. That's that's Chris these days. He's he's nothing if not a traveler. I you know, call I him Giannis. Giannis <laughs> be traveling. You know, no, it's it's a it's a gather step, bro. Okay, um, Chris, what what else you got going on? Uh, you know, it's been kind of sl- slow, I guess, and not even slow, just the same stuff. Um, I was able to deliver that Steve Nash first 
Chris Paul video, Bucks one and six. That made my life easier because it meant yeah. I didn't have to sp- spend tomorrow re-editing everything. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. We are setting up for some new stuff next week, I think. In terms of the versus thing, I was gonna say that's one of those moments where uh, you your kind of fandom and and what you hope happens is was dictated by work. That's actually true. You're like, you know what? I don't care about either of these teams enough. What's the one that gives me the least work to do? Mm-hmm. I want them to win. I, li- I like both teams going in it. And I was kind of rooting for the Suns at the beginning of the series. And then I just kept rooting for the Bucks towards the end. It, yeah. it was partially because of work and partially because ah, Giannis is a cool dude. He's just so happy. And Chris Paul's a little bitch. I definitely uh, <laughs> w- didn't care who won, but... Um, I was going for the one that was less work. Yeah. Because I was like, you know, we're going to have other shit coming up. Well, and like we had already kind of the fact that we were doing this as the finals were going on and there were two different pieces being made. We kind of overextended on that project. Like we were basically losing money on it if we had to do two more days on it. It's true. And it worked out, I think. But yeah. now basketball season is over, so I don't know where we stand on it's, that series. It's, it's going to go into football, I yeah. think. Yep. So that's going to be all you. I don't know shit about football. Coop, you know anything about football? <laughs> not a chance, bro. Yeah, you're, you're not even a sports guy at all, right? Not you're really. Artist. <laughs> Artist type, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, I'm more of a volcano guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing that we got coming up that I'm stoked about is... We got a little uh, a little meeting, and we potentially can pitch a couple show concepts mm-hmm. with the same people yeah. who are doing these sports. So we were thinking with. about pitching them a sports game show mm-hmm. and a sports comedy show. Mm. But the sports comedy show is uh, is is going to be very hard to write. Yeah, we're, I was about to say, what does that even mean? We're thinking like a robot chicken, robot type. chicken for sports, exactly. Wow. Probably not stop motion because that that's very difficult. Yeah. But that uh-huh. that idea of quick little shorts mm-hmm. that are you know just, just absurd jokes, and make just, you laugh. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's basically, just jokes, just like boom, 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 joke, 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 joke. Like yeah. not related, just peppering them with animation and jokes. I think it would work. I think it'd be pretty funny if, as long as it's written in like the right context. I think it would mm-hmm. be funny as long as it's funny. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean. Like if if the jokes aren't corny, and the beauty of it is you have like all of sports history to work with exactly you know what i mean like it, it does it doesn't have to be topical it doesn't have to be current so that's one and then the other one we were talking about was like basically doing an updated version of the show called cheap seats there used to be a show called cheap seats back in the day you know who the sklar brothers are they're comedians they're these they're a comedian duo um and they're brothers they're twins actually oh they're brothers okay yeah. and um you ever heard of the show mystery science theater damn dude you're i'm showing my age here But um, (laughs) Mystery Science Theater was a show where like they would have like a bad sci-fi movie and then there were these two little characters and they would just the movie would be in front of them and you'd see their outlines in front of the movie screen and they would just be like talking shit about the movie as it was happening. Yeah, just Mm. constant roast. Like a silhouette of them or something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, the cheap cheap seats is basically that except uh, where they would like make fun of old like 70s broadcasts of like crazy sports things because in the 70s mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. 80s there like wasn't that much TV and there wasn't shit happening so they would do these crazy like they would just show cliff diving on like ABC during the weekend <laughs> and so they would they would take the cliff diving things and they would just roast them as they went mm-hmm. so yeah we could probably do something like that you yeah. know you could take a I don't know 
a player's IG live or something like that and record that's, it and then roast it. That's I hadn't even considered you know. that. Man, there's there's Giannis, so much content now. Exactly. Yeah, Giannis just ordered 50 chicken nuggets yeah. from Chick-fil-A. Like <laughs> Yeah, chicken minis. Chicken minis, my he, bad. Did you see the ring the button, the little the blowjob button he got? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> he got a little he got a little button that says like ring for blowjob or something like that. And then uh, I guess his wife was like, "Stop, stop showing that. What are you doing? You're acting crazy." <laughs> but he was wild. Then. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to crash the boards. Crashing the boards. Chris, you ever heard of Smells Like? Smells Like? Yeah, Smells Like. They're a Brooklyn-based candle company, and they're taking the world by storm. Are they storming the Capitol? They're not storming the Capitol, but they may be storming your living room with their candles. All you got to do is go to SmellsLikeBK.com, type in the code SIZZLE, and you're going to get 20% off. Damn, 20%? 20% off. That's a deal. These are some fucking sick candles, too. I would even go as far as saying they're fucking lit. Fucking lit? Yeah, and that's because that was their flagship scent that they developed last year. Fucking Lit is probably my favorite scent from them, and it contains tobacco, whiskey, sandalwood, white cedar. You're going to get all of that just from Fucking Lit. That is Fucking Lit. Go get it at SmellsLikeBK.com. Use the code SIZZLE. All right, Sizzlers, we are back, and we are crashing the boards. We're crashing them. And I'm going I'm to kick things off here. Okay. This is a, a question that's on the editor's subreddit. How do I transition from digital media to studio gigs? Now, basically, after they ask this question, they have a couple paragraphs talking about how the they work in a digital social media realm and the work itself is just mind numbing. And they also think that the way that the Internet is going, that there's going to be a lot of those kind of digital like nonstop social media ads in the future, which I personally disagree with. I think that is here to stay. It's kind of what the internet is built on, honestly. Wait, you, you, they th- you think there's going to be more ads on, on social? Yeah. And they think that they're going to be gone? Yeah, yeah. They, okay. s- they say the pay and the benefits are good. The actual work itself is mind-numbing. Just nonstop social media ads. And the way the internet is going, I doubt there's going to be much beyond that in the future. Okay, so oh, okay. I, I, I misinterpreted it. They're so, saying that's all it, all they're ever going to be able to do in the digital space right, yeah, that makes is, sense. Is, is social media ads, which I also disagree with because yeah. we work in the digital space and we do branded content. I was going to say <laughs> at, at its peak, what ads are basically branded content. Exactly. That's, that's when you've like gotten, you're making docu ads. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, and they're, they're talking about how they want to work on narrative content again. And they're, they're just asking for how, how do you make that transition? Yeah. And I, t- to be honest, I have no idea because I've never really worked on studio work like that. I mean, I guess. Have they, did they say they worked on it before? Because mm, I, I, it's, it, it, it's, it is they, a tough they, transition. They say I want to work on it again. But that, to me, that also reads like maybe they did small gigs like when they were getting into editing, like maybe they were assistant editing on some. It's just tough because like I feel like if all you're doing is that sort of digital like social ads shit. Um, and the place where you're, you're drumming up that work doesn't do anything in the other realm, then it's hard to make that jump. Like to me, the first thing that came to mind was complex. Yeah. Right. And complex hire a lot of different editors to do a lot of different things. They, they have a whole social and promos team. And I remember that some of the editors who I knew who worked on that team, all they did was cut social promos. Right. So mm-hmm. the episode would be done they would get a um, kind of a tech edit or a cut down or something without music, like a clean edit. 
And then they would re-edit that into a social promo. And that was their job every day. And, you know, I could see how that would be mind numbing. But in a situation like that, mobility is possible because, you know, sitting just a few desks over are editors who are cutting the whole show. Yeah. So you can always find a way to ask. You can talk to the right people. I think the answer is you just have to fucking ask and like make it known that you want to stop doing that. Right. Yeah. I I think that's definitely how I would answer. Like you got to maybe just take on some lower level gigs that are studio work and just start meeting people and just, you know, showing your chops off. Yeah. Maybe you're, you're taking a small step backwards in your career for a little bit, but if you're actually a talented editor, you should be able to work your way back up very quickly. I feel like there's enough of those shows too. Like there's so many shows now that are just strictly on YouTube or strictly on Facebook watch or whatever it's called (laughs) that like that are made really well, you know, that are made in studio or whatever that are more like storytelling type shows. I don't know. Could we ever done like a a little storytelling type show or done anything like that? Mm, Not really. That's why I've been kind of just like quiet over here (laughs) because I don't really have any experience in that. You've mostly just edited like short form, like super short form stuff or Instagram stuff or what? Yeah, like just YouTube would be the longest. I would say probably like 20 minute. Oh, that's that's long. But they're they're not like like they're just like talking head sort of like video essay videos. I would say that even that, though, would be a step up for that person, right? Like Mm. that person sounds like they just don't want to be making like square instagram ad videos because like yeah that's literally that's probably what they do all day well i what? mean oh yeah i was gonna say like uh there's so many uh youtubers out there that are looking for people to edit their like longer form like essays i think that could be kind of interesting because that's actually something that i've gotten into and what i'm currently working on a little bit is just like editing somebody like they just have a script and they record the video they send you the footage and you just make the whole video from that I feel like what, that's, what does that mean? Their essays? I don't like it's like they'll have like a topic like it'll be like um, like, for example, this one client I was working with has like he's like a venture capitalist. And so he he'll like come up with these topics and have like scripts and stuff. And mm-hmm. one of them was just like how to get rich the real way. Um, and it was all talking about how like you want to chase wealth and not money. Um, and so he had like a whole script about that and basically taking that and does he actually turn it into a full video? Does he deliver like, like just the audio for you? No, it's it's him. It's like just like a shot of him talking into the camera. And then you're and covering it with, with whatever B-roll, B-roll you see fit or B-roll any graphics, animations. Animations, yeah, just stuff like that. Um, there's so many channels out there that do that type of stuff. Damn. I feel like it's a huge... That's what that person should do is reach out to that kind of stuff. Because like also I feel like that like YouTubers like that probably... Well, probably not like a, a venture capitalist person, but like... Somebody who's like just a YouTuber probably would love to have somebody that is okay with going like stepping down from their, yeah you know, current level. Well, not to mention like they could probably do both things at the same time. Like, you know, because if you're doing one of those a week, for example, you mm-hmm. could still do the other thing kind of, you know, mo- moderate. I'm what, ca- you- I'm kind of wondering if this person like would want to do that though. Because when they, they talk about getting back into narrative work, I think they're... I think they're thinking along the lines of like TV shows or, yeah, that's or, was, or films. Yeah. And that's I think for right. people who like have been professional editors in the industry, I think a lot of them might actually look down on editing videos for YouTube, even though like it's a totally valid place. Yeah. It's just uh, like dealing with a YouTuber 
as your client is probably a lot different than dealing with an agency or like a big company. Well, if you want to edit fucking TV shows and shit, you got to get in the union. I <laughs> know, yeah. like, right? Yep, you're not going yeah. to actually edit anything of, of value. No offense. Like if you're non-union, it's probably just not going to happen. Um, I guess de- de- depends how you determine value. But to me, like if you want to edit like, uh, I don't know, succession. You can't just like shit. walk up like, hey, I'm an editor. Yeah. Like I'm a freelance editor. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, Coop, let's move on to the next one. What'd you pull? You pulled Dude, something. This is the most like perfect segue I've ever seen. Like period. Okay? This is why the sizzle reel has listen, won awards. Yeah. Listen to this. Okay. This subreddit that I found this on is r slash union. Wow. How is that? How did you, how did we just end that on that? That's like, that's wild. This is just energy, dude. Yeah. Energy. Got to unionize. Moving around. Yeah. Got to collectively bargain. Yep. So this one says, uh, VFX artists are the one part of the filmmaking industry with no union. Both they and the companies they work for are exploited merc- mercilessly for it. Um, so what this is referencing is, do you guys remember that Sonic movie that came out like yeah, a couple years yeah, ago? Yeah, yeah. And like the, did the, voice, the massive backlash that happened from the animation of Sonic. Yeah. yeah. So it turns out that the, it, it was kind of a nightmare because they already like made the entire movie and animated it and spent probably like thousands of hours, you know, doing that. Yeah. And then they released this trailer and the movie's done basically. And everyone's like, we're not going to watch it like this. So this VFX house has to like remake the entire thing. Um, and this article that this person screenshotted shows that like the people at this VFX house uh, yeah. are in Canada and they were working just like 18 hour days for that's, like that's, months. That's brutal. Just like with, and since they have no union, it's like they just had to do it or else I, I, I don't know. What it, would be the repercussions? It, it like? reminds me a bit of the video game industry. You know how like uh, they it's all. perfect because it's, it's Sonic. <laughs> yeah. Well, it kind of is the video game industry, right? In a nutshell, because like I've, I've heard that before where like, you know, um, AAA titles will be the promised with a certain release date. And then they just have all of the programmers and developers just, I think they call it crunching yeah. mm-hmm. where they just crunch for like 20 hour days for like on and, and yeah. everyone it, it like, it's a very well, well documented problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm, that was a big issue with, with cyberpunk as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything came out about CD project red after that was, it was very negative because they, they bungled the whole release and then they, the pressure goes to the developers. Like, yeah. Then, then those people are just working all day, every day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it is fucked up. I guess the VFX people should have a union or maybe be part of the post-production union. The edit, like Maybe yeah. the editor's union should expand to be a post-production union. I mean, I don't knows. even know if this is accurate. Like, this person could be wrong. And That's I, also, true. I also was reading that this is in Canada. So maybe it's like, maybe in the U.S. there are there is a union for uh, VFX artists, but they they just outsource it to Canada because there isn't one or something. Right. But like the uh, this uh, company just had to like, Close like they just went on to business. Oh, wow. Yeah, because all of their employees. Yeah, like Jeez. they yeah, completely they like the company doesn't exist anymore. That made that movie. That well, sucks. I remember yeah. a few years ago that was a big thing. A lot of uh, VFX houses were were folding. Um, I have a, an article from like 2017 that it explains three of the big reasons are no residuals. Like house VFX houses don't right. get any residuals on the movies. Outsourcing is number two, and of right. course number three is no unions. Yeah, I mean that's, that's a, 800 people that work there that just became unemployed that's because of that wild. movie. And I, dude, they did such a good job 
with the remodel. Like I, yeah. I actually really enjoyed the Sonic movie and I thought Sonic looked totally normal. Like that's ex- exactly how I better. expected him to look. Yeah. And it's, I feel like they turned it around in like two or three months. It was a wild turnaround. Yeah. But the other thing is who the fuck made the decision to <laughs> animate him the original way. Yeah. Like, how did you not see that response coming? Why yeah. would you change what Sonic looks like? That defeats the whole purpose don't, of porting the movie or porting a game into a movie. Don't yeah. they have people that like review this stuff? Like, probably, and they probably know? made a bad decision. I'm sure someone fucking got fired for it. Yeah, hopefully. But well, yeah, every, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 pretty fucked up, man. Like, I, uh, it, it's it's part of me thinks if it wasn't like. 2021 or 2020 or whatever when like internet culture is so big and everyone can mobilize and their opinion can shift things if it was like maybe 20 years ago they wouldn't have had to read animate the mm-hmm. fucking movie mm-hmm. yeah and it, maybe it wouldn't have been as good or whatever but like they probably all would have kept their jobs yeah i don't know it's it's, it's a weird thing but yeah i mean if they, they don't have a union they got to unionize and if you're a freelancer you should join the freelancers union that is a thing that's out there for everyone mm-hmm. I don't know if you're a part of it. I don't know if you're a part of it. I am not. Nope. You guys should join. It's free to join, and um, it's it's a great place to be. They give you a lot of uh, tips and a lot of insight. And um, I think it's a slightly different union. It though. is a very different union, but it, at least it's a start because a lot of That's freelancers true. get taken advantage of all the time. And the That's, freelancers union is a great place yeah. to to start if hmm. you're just kind of doing your own thing in New York, whatever. You know, um, it's a good spot. Uh, let me pull up the one that I have here. This one is. Uh, the user's name is I need cats and money. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> they said asking for too much question mark. They said, I've been freelancing since 2017 and I've noticed as time progresses, potential clients seem to be asking for more skills from editors. I first noticed it was audio mixing and effects and I trained myself up so I could do post sound to be more of an asset. Recently, I've noticed the skill set has expanded again. I applied for a video editing job and the skills range from basic editing skills all the way to managing Google ads and running campaigns. That sounds fucking miserable. Absurd. Mm. Last week, a recruiter got in contact with me and asked how was my skills. Uh, They didn't write that very well. Last week, a recruiter got in contact with me and asked how my Photoshop skills were. I said that's a whole different skill set. And I would advise they hire someone in that field. Um, They ended up moving on without me, even though I met most of the criteria, except for the designer aspect. So their big question is, uh, am I the only person who's seeing this? Why is this a thing now? I think that that has been a thing. This is from when is this from? This is from a month ago, 28 days ago. Mm -hmm. I think that thing that's been a thing ever since I've been in the industry. Same. I for think at for least 10, 10 years, 10 years, yeah. years it's been that they want you to do everything you can, you know, they want you to be a Swiss army knife. I think mm-hmm. it's become even more of a thing since Adobe moved to the creative cloud because yep. you, you don't have to buy all these apps individually anymore. You're forced to buy them all at once on a subscription model. So people, you know, they just assume, oh, well, you have these programs. Why don't you know them? They're they're video editing adjacent. Right. So you might it's made as well. by the same company. It is. It is. Yeah. I mean, they're all very different programs. But right. I mean, for me, I do expect an editor to have at least basic Photoshop skills. Like yeah. as it pertains to video editing, you should be able to, you know, just make make some lower thirds or some simple graphics. I don't expect you to design anything. That is absolutely a different skill set. Yeah. But that's the thing, you know, the reason that it's it's crept up like that is because I think everyone wants jobs. Yeah. And yeah. so when you get asked, can you do this? People are very quick to go. Yeah, sure. Whatever. And, and I'm guilty. Yeah, I'm yeah. guilty. I always say I can do it. Absolutely. And then I figure it out as I go. Yeah. Download some promotion. Right? <laughs> Honestly. Right. But I mean, but that is a lot of the like, especially when I was first starting out, I remember being like, 
oh yeah yeah we uh, i can do it yeah i can figure it out as a company it's a little different because as a company you're like yeah sure we can do it it's going to cost extra and we'll have to hire someone to do it but we can do it yeah. you know but um it's it, i don't know it it's an unfortunate truth that just how it's going, you know, it's the same idea. It's why budgets keep getting lower and lower as well. People know? will do it for anything. Yeah. yeah. I, I, do you what's like what's your proficiency? What are your guys proficiencies like across the the suite? Uh, I mean, for me, it's it's premiere. Uh, basically, I, I would say I'm an expert at premiere and that's it. Yeah. I can I, I've been working in Photoshop for like 15 years, but it's such a deep program and like I can't. I can't design logos and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I can use yeah. the pen tool a little bit, uh, but I'm not out here layering. I'm not doing those those big old compositions. Yeah. I'm just making text graphics in Photoshop, and I can be pretty quick in it. Um, and then with After Effects, I it's weird. Like, I can navigate it really well, and I can work really well in in projects that have been given to me. But I'm not creating a project from scratch. I'm doing simple animations. I'm I'm not animating like cartoons and shit like that. I, right. I can't even come close to that. Yeah. Although you know what they call you though, right? They call you the Kevin Durant of editing. Oh, they, they do. Call they him, do they call, call him, him the Kevin Durant. I'm, I'm, I'm just listening to what people say. I'm the, the KD, the servant. <laughs> the servant. I am the servant. Um, what about you, Koo? How well do you know all the all the stuff? I would say Premiere and Lightroom are like like pretty down. I think Lightroom is just like pretty easy. So it's like yeah, you know. Most people are probably pretty good with that. Um, I actually do use Photoshop a lot in my photo workflow. Like pretty much every photo I edit, I take into Photoshop after I do a like initial edit in Lightroom. So um, I'm, you know, familiar with like all the different types of, you know, clone stamping, like image manipulation, um, like uh, warping and, and distorting images in certain ways yeah. um, to obviously in a tasteful way, not just to like you right, know, right, ruin right. it. Yeah. Um, and I do some composites sometimes, but I often find that I actually prefer a more natural look in photos anyway. So I just end up not really doing that. Yeah. Um, and then after effects is just sort of like, I can use it. I'm kind of like Chris, like I can use it and I can like, if there's like a template, Yep. That's already you like can, just put learn, in there. I can 100% do it. But yeah, like what you were saying with like animating things from scratch and like creating things out of nothing, yeah. like that's where I am out of my comfort zone for I, sure. I can like reverse engineer a template and figure it out from yeah. there, but yeah. like setting yeah. it up, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> I would um I would market myself as an expert at Adobe Premiere and I would say I'm advanced at After Effects and I'm intermediate at photoshop and audition uh and i'm pro probably intermediate at lightroom maybe advanced and then when it comes to illustrator dude i'm ugh, trash I'm illustrator is so garbage tough illustrator is so confusing it's yeah. it's such a i really do need to just put two days into basic functionalities because it works so differently and every once in a while mm -hmm. we'll get an after effects project from someone who really knows what they're doing mm -hmm. and some of the assets in it are dot ais and i mm -hmm. need to just edit a tiny little bit of it yeah. and i don't even know where to start yeah i, I know it yep. well enough at this point where i can get around like the layers window and i can pick what i need and i can export things at the proper scale for like what i need to export but like when it comes to like on my TikTok, all these like <laughs> illustrator hacks will come up mm -hmm. and I just watch them and I'm like, I wish I knew how to do that. Like, it, mm -hmm. like literally they just uh -huh. taught me how to do it. And yeah. I'm like, 
Okay, well, I'm never gonna remember this because I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like you're just doing it in a completely different language. You know what I'm saying? Illustrator and InDesign are like the two apps that I only had like a formal education in. Like when I did go to one semester of college before I dropped out. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you know one semester of Illustrator. I know one semester of Illustrator and one semester of InDesign, and there that was go. enough to like you know get my bearings. And then I dropped out and then forgot everything. There so, you go. Well, I, I mean, most things. Yeah, but it's just <laughs> just the language, like you said, the language of that program is just so different. Like yeah. when yeah. it. When they're like, make path. I'm like, what the fuck is make path? Like, <laughs> also, like, when you want to click on something, there's like the, there's the actual image and then there's the area that the image is in. And if you don't click like the right amount of times, you'll mm. like not select the right thing. Yeah, it's all fucked up. Yeah, there's a weird thing. It, um, it scares me. Chris, yeah. <laughs> you got one last one, right? You said you had one last one. Here. I got one last one. And I think that this is a really good one. And it's just pro editors. What's something you know now that you wish you knew as a beginner? Or what do you see other editors that makes you think uh, other editors do that makes you think their life would be so much better if they would only do this? Um, I have two answers. W one is like actually a very technical, like purely a technical answer. Mm -hmm. um, and the technical one is doing source clip coloring and doing uh, like audio track mixer like applications. Right. So okay. I remember back when I was first starting out, when I needed to, you know, edit audio and I had a bunch of different clips, I would just like copy, paste, copy, paste, put everything around this whole thing uh, instead of using the track mixer to like apply all of my effects to track A or mm -hmm. track B, whatever. Um, and then obviously source clip coloring, right? Because I would always like color something and then copy it across everything. And then if they wanted to change, I'd be like, OK, let me edit this. Let me get rid of it on all these or like make adjustment layers, but then cut them differently because I have different clips here and there. Now it's like, oh, source clip coloring. That's it. That's what it comes down to. Mm, yeah. Uh, obviously, you can't do it all the time. Like if someone's just following someone around and they go indoor to outdoor to different locations, then it's not going to work very well. But um, generally, I think it's very, very useful. And I wish I'd known it. I agree. I actually use that technique today. There you go. Yeah. What about it's you? you it's got, a great hack. You got anything? I don't know. I feel like I'm not like a pro enough editor to to give too much advice on it. I might have to think about it. What, what, what about for photography? I was gonna say photography. Yeah, you oh. got anything? Um, yeah, I think um, one thing that I wish I knew before, like I really got into it, was like just really experiment a lot and just do things that you may not need to do, but just to like learn things. Um, that's one thing that I've found to be like super helpful because even if you end up doing something that you don't need to do on a daily basis, it helps you understand the process, the program, what you're doing more. Um, like there's a lot of things that I was doing where like, I would just like go in and mess around with like color science for like mm -hmm. hours just to like understand, you know, that exact topic more. Um, so I think it, you know, exploring and just like experimenting is yeah. is a really key thing to keep trying new things yeah even like when you think you know what you're doing it's still good to to keep trying to do that that's a, that's a good it's a good pointer i mean that never that's never going to be untrue yeah you know, at, at, as long as you keep growing you're always going to be there's no limit stuff. really so yeah. mm. what are you um for me i guess from from a technical side i would say that it's important to know your os 
uh, like just Yo, as well. Hundred percent. Yeah. Facts. Like a lot Million of people percent. just they're like, oh, I know Adobe Premiere inside and out, but then you watch them navigate through Mac OS, and it's like, what? Your whole life is shortcuts. Why do you do this so yeah. differently than you operate in your NLE? Yeah. Like there, there's always a way to speed up your workflow, even outside of your program. Um, and the other thing I would say is that that the edit itself is like, or editing your technical skills is only like 30% of being an editor. The rest is that you're running a small business and yeah. you have to deal with, mm-hmm with with clients is is the biggest thing being able to communicate with them understand what they're looking for understand their notes and and sometimes their notes they they aren't actually what the client is looking for you have to be able to interpret them in a way and convince them no you actually want this right 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 yeah that makes sense i mean it's navigating it because if you're just going to be their puppet the entire time that gig is going to go on forever exactly. and they're not going to be satisfied with what they got. Exactly. At a certain point, you need to convince them that your, your knowledge with your knowledge, like this is the better thing yeah. because I'm a professional and trust me. Yeah. Speaking of things going on forever, I think contracts are something that you should really definitely That's big. get a hundred percent knowledge on. I'm still it, on, on you, 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 you know, to, to reveal to the listeners, I'm 31, you're 31. Yeah. You're like what? Like 22, 15 or something. Yeah. Yeah, Like 15 and a half. Actually, (laughs) the fact that you like are on the contract tip at 22 is like, that's, that's very, very good. Well, and I will say the, uh, the project that we've had you on the past couple of days, we refused to take that on until we had a contract signed. And it honestly kind of saved our asses a little bit because they, they were kind of trying to change the scope halfway through not in a bad way just in a, a disorganized way exactly but who knows if it's even saved or asses because we haven't even gotten paid for it yet that's, so. <laughs> that's like, true i don't we're gonna yeah. see what the fuck happens but, but that contract allowed us to push back <clears throat> true uh yeah. and and make sure that the the scope of the edit stayed yeah. there now that's go ahead i was just gonna say i think it's like really easy to just like want to accept a job if you get the offer for it but i think what's more important is making sure that you're covered on all sides of it you know that's a great point unless it's like a really close friend that you know really well and you know like there's no need for it yeah and it's like not a huge project like yeah i I had um one last one that i was gonna say that wasn't technical it was more of a general thing and that leads into it exactly i was gonna say that it's important to recognize when to say no to a project. That's something I still struggle with to yes. this fucking day. <laughs> but like, b- because it's a little bit different now because now I, I, I'm like, oh, okay, well we have free, we have some free machines. We can bring someone in to take care of it. Let's just say yes to it. But um, I think it's important to know when a project is not worth it. Just because a project comes up and you have that week free, it doesn't mean you have to say, yes, I'm going to do it. Yeah. You can say no if you think that your life is going to be better off without it and maybe something else will come in and maybe something won't, but like, and I know that's a privileged ass take, but like the way I look at it is if you say no to something, it's okay. You're not gonna, you're not gonna like, you're probably not going to regret it. Yeah. You know, cause if you, if something inside you is, is even saying, Oh, slight hesitancy. Oh man, maybe, maybe I don't want to do this. Then you probably don't want to do the job. To, to add on to that, I would say that you can also come back to those to that client and say, yes, but this is what I yeah. need. Like these. No, I can't work through the weekend on it. If you can move this to Monday or whatever, then I'm down, you know, set your rules so that yeah. 
it's it's a project that you can feel comfortable taking. If it's if it's almost there, but it's not quite there, just see see what they can do. Yeah, I feel like a lot of uh, like freelance independent, you know, editors and stuff. When they get client work, the the clients think that I mean, the clients think they can boss them around. They can boss them around, and the, and that the the freelance editor is available to do whatever they want whenever they need exactly. them to. So. Like, yeah, having those clear outlines, like I won't work on the weekend on this project if that's something you want to do. I mean, if you yeah. want to work on the weekend too, like, yeah, yeah. If, or if, I'll, I'll work on the weekend, but it's, it's twice the rate. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's just, you got to figure out what works for you. Yeah. Um, you know what? I feel like it would be cool in the future to like when these episodes post, these crashing the boards episodes, I should just change my like, cause I guess when you, when you log, when you log on to Reddit or when some, for some reason it gives you a profile. So it's calling. Oh, it does? Yeah, it's given it's it's given me a profile. It's called me illustrious play nine two nine two. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but I think I should change it to sizzle reel gang. Yeah. and then whenever we post these, just respond like, "Hey, we talked about this comment on the pod at this time code, right?" Yeah, mm, yeah. Maybe get some listeners. This kind of organic traffic. Yeah, comment also. on the the post that we were looking right. at. Yeah, exactly. That we were talking about. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. So maybe that's what I'll do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that'd be fun. Damn, we got a little nugget out of this little idea out of this pod. I like got it. Got some yeah, micro. Th- there was, uh, I think, last time we crashed the boards. There was one post about, you know, what are some good podcasts about post production? I didn't comment. Yeah, well, I mean, I, <laughs> they it, said good. Yeah, that's right. We did, they didn't say great. They didn't say <laughs> earth, earth <laughs> they didn't changing, say sizzling, earth shattering, sizzling, amazing podcast. Chris, mm-hmm. where can people find us? Yo, we're at Sizzle Real Gang on Twitter and Instagram and Gmail, and we're. Shishkin Productions on TikTok, but most importantly, yes, we are 332-333-4361. That is the Sizzle Reel cold line. Please Brr. call us, leave a message, do a character, give us some opinions. Give us I don't know, give us anything. With. Anything, help really. Us, help help One, us fill out that first segment. <laughs> <laughs> One time a cat called in. That's true. A cat if if a cat wow. can call in, you got then you called? can call in. We, we got cat called. We wow. Got cat yeah. called. The podcast got cat called. Yeah. I feel like that's history in the making right there, folks. The history that's been made. It's happened. It has, it has been made it already. already. Happened. Every day is history. I don't remember what episode it was. Coob, where can people find you? What are you doing? What are you up to? Anything you want to plug to uh, Ben and... Evan, yo, I, I know, I know. Evan won the contest, and we already kind of shouted him out. But in the past few episodes, we've been trying to list our listeners, yes. and we always skip over Evan. Always and you know, Evan is one of the best listeners we have, and he gave us great content the yeah. one time he was a guest. Yeah, shout out Evan. Evan literally sent over like before, like the day before he was going to come on, he sent over like a long list of different segment ideas and things to wow. talk about, and I was like. He did Damn. more research that day he, than we've done in 43 episodes. It's true. Is he like the new executive producer or something? Uh, come on, come on. Let's let's not let's not get that. Uh, what's what's up? What's your what's your story? Uh, yeah. So I'm a photographer. I am on Instagram at Drifting Photo. Um, that's just the name that I've had on there for ages. Um, you can find my website at driftingphoto.com as well. And then I'm on YouTube at Daniel Kuba, which is just my full name. There you go. Wait, what I do you put on YouTube? I don't know you put stuff up on YouTube. I put stuff on YouTube, yeah. Shit. I mean, it's not like consistent or anything, but you know, I put What's stuff like up. vlogs? No, it's like, um, just like, uh, actually one of the interesting ones was uh, an iPhone video. I've been putting up iPhone videos, like, um, you know, like 
California shot on iPhone or whatever. Yeah. Um, and just like That's trying to make them cool. look like Apple ads sort of in a way. Oh, snap. And I've actually found some cool success with that a little bit, um, which is pretty fun. So I think I'm going to just keep doing that. But uh, so just people p- just f- look up Daniel Kuba yeah. on YouTube. Yep. Mm-hmm. There Daniel you go. Kuba on YouTube. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Also, Daniel Kuba on Twitter. That's that's there where I'm go. at a lot now. Oh yeah, Twitter. Yeah. You, dude, you and Twitter Blitz got on Twitter. Twitter's a whole new topic. Yeah, I feel like you could talk. Next about Next time that you for come on, next time you time. come on, we'll talk about how you found Twitter to be for photographers. I'm yeah, down. we'll have a, a Twitter photographer roundtable. Round give, round give me a Bliss. Give me a Bliss. Give me a Bliss on. Yeah, yeah be good. let's do it. Yeah. All right, well, Coop, thank you for swinging by and um, Sizzlers. We keep on sizzling. We'll catch you next time. Actually, let's play ourselves out with a little bit of Sting. Year. I'm Braxton. I'm Tia. I'm Lauren. I'm Chris. And we're bringing you the Group Text Podcast. We are four black cousins texting all day, every day about everything going on from the streets to the tweets. And, you know, we're bringing the group text to the podcast world. Yep. Talking about why America is trash, but also why you should have hope. We're recapping everything pop culture, current events, and what's viral this week. And even hitting you with some life advice, like when you should knock if they buck. Yep, and we'll be keeping score, seeing if city boys or city girls are up. City girls are always up. City girls make them wish like Ray J. (laughs) The Group Text Podcast, brought to you by the Shishkin Productions Network. Join our group text every Friday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Shishkin Productions Podcast.